Usted está escuchando Radio Tierra en el 95.1 FM Hood River, 95.9 FM Stevenson, 107.1 FM Parkdale, 107.7 FM Didells, Casas, El Latido del Gore, su radio comunitaria. You can always close your eyes, but you can't close your ears. Hola, los invito a escuchar Conoce tu Columbia, un programa producido por Columbia River Keeper que se transmite cada otro martes de 7 a 8 de la noche. Entérese de lo que pasa en las comunidades que vivimos a lo largo del río Columbia. Compartimos información sobre la importancia de proteger nuestros recursos naturales. Además, tocamos temas de justicia social y culturales que son relevantes para nuestras comunidades. Recuerde, escuche Conoce tu Columbia en Radio Tierra, el latido del Gorch, tu radio comunitaria. Qué difícil cantarle a Tierra Madre que nos aguanta y nos vio crecer. Hola, usted está escuchando Conoce tu Columbia, un programa producido por Columbia River Keeper que se transmite cada 15 días los martes a las 7 de la noche. Yo soy Ubaldo Hernández. Esta noche tenemos con nosotros a Emma Newton. Ella va a estar platicando con nosotros sobre el trabajo que está haciendo en la coalición de organizaciones que se encargan de proteger el medio ambiente, organizaciones ambientalistas, para prevenir que se construya o se le dé permiso a una granja industrial lechera en el este de Oregon. Y pues bueno, ella trabaja para Stand Up to Factory Farms. Es una organización, como ya lo había mencionado, que se dedica a proteger a nuestras comunidades para prevenir que se instalen nuevas granjas industriales. Esta entrevista va a ser en inglés y bueno, vamos a empezar esta entrevista. Ana Newton, how are you doing? Hello, Ubaldo. I'm doing very well. Thank you. Emma, would you like to tell us about you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my name is Emma. I am a born and raised Oregonian. I currently live in Portland, Oregon. Um, I work for Food and Water Watch and Food and Water Action, which is actually a national organization that works to um, protect the environment from things such as fracking um, and specifically factory farming. And with Food and Water Watch, I'm actually a member and organizer with the Stand Up to Factory Farms Coalition here in Oregon that is working to pass a mega dairy moratorium, which we'll talk a little bit about more, I think, later on. So how many organizations are on this coalition? Yeah, so this is a coalition that's made up of a group of local, state-based, and national organizations. Um, there is about, I think, 10 um, organizations uh, currently represented um, on the coalition. The coalition was started a couple years ago in 2017 in response to the threat of the Lost Valley Farm mega dairy in Boardman, Oregon. Um, and so that's how the coalition and these groups came together and started working together. There, there is a really good number of organizations, that, uh, the environmental organizations that are joining this coalition. And I'm assuming that's because it's really important to protect our communities from mega dairies, right? Yeah, so the groups in the um, the coalition, the organizations on the coalition are made up of animal welfare groups, small farmer groups, you know, environmental groups, uh, and rural organ groups, and wildlife groups, actually, as well. 
And so, you know, factory farms and mega dairies in particular um, are really impacting Oregon in a variety of ways. Um, you know, we can talk about some of the economics of how uh, these factory farms are hurt, hurting our rural communities and hurting our small farmers. But in particular, um, they're really impacting our air and water and our climate. Um, they put off a lot of pollution. And so we end up with really polluted air, really polluted drinking water around these big farms. And they also release greenhouse gases, which contribute to climate change, um, which is a pretty urgent crisis right now. So um, we have a wide range of groups represented on this coalition. And um, I think it speaks to uh, the fact that like these these farms harm our state in many different ways. It is uh, really important for organizations to participate with this coalition because, um, as you mentioned, there is a lot of things that mega farms are doing in order to affect the environment, the economics, and the health of our communities. I want to mention that Columbia River Keeper is one of the organizations that is participating with a coalition stand up to factory farms. And me working at Columbia River Keeper, we want to engage the Latino community to participate on this coalition and to protect our communities from mega dairies. The impact of mega dairies are really damaging to our uh, local towns, economies. People that live in the area get affected by uh, contamination either from air pollution or water pollution. And also workers that work in these uh, factories, they do get affected because of the chemicals and the pollutants they get exposed to, isn't it? Yeah, so you're absolutely right. Um, I, there's a couple points that I want to kind of touch on there. Um, first of all, it's so great to have the Columbia Riverkeeper as part of the coalition. Um, the work that you're doing in the Columbia River Gorge is just really amazing. And I love getting to work with you, Ubaldo. Um, on this project. Um, but you're right, this is an issue. These mega dairies um, really specifically impact um, rural communities in Eastern Oregon. And in Oregon, at least, uh, they're really impacting uh, Latino communities in the Boardman and Hermiston area in Morrow County and Umatilla. And um, you know, there's a lot of studies across the country and people that are much more knowledgeable on this subject than I could probably give you the direct citations, but um, there's a lot of studies that indicate that factory farming in general and these big industrial farming in general are really the impacts from them, the burdens of those impacts fall heavily on communities of color, Latino communities, um, indigenous communities, black communities. And so there's a lot of ramifications from this environmental pollution on health and well-being. Um, in these communities from, from the pollution of these industrial um, farms. And one of the things that we're noticing here in Oregon in the Boardman and Hermiston area is um, a lot of impact from the, uh, in the groundwater from the pollution from these mega dairies. Um, there is currently um, one, one of the largest mega dairies in the nation, Three Mile Canyon, is in Morrow County and in, in Boardman area, and it has sev almost 70,000 cows. There's a lot of other smaller farms. That's a very large farm, the largest in Oregon and one of the largest in mega dairies in the country. 
but there's also additional farms out there in that area. And there's been pretty significant groundwater contamination in that area for a long time. And I know at one point in one of your previous episodes, you had Tara Heinzen, uh, who spoke a lot about the, um, the water contem- contamination in that area, the groundwater contamination. So that's a huge issue and that's a huge risk to the community. We actually just heard today um, from the Oregonian, Oregon Live actually reported on the fact that there have been um, 10 positive COVID-19 cases actually um, in workers at the Three Mile Canyon Megadary. So there's this additional risk in our current time that we're living in, um, in a global pandemic, uh, to workers in the community beyond just the chemicals and the other pollution and manure that you mentioned. Um, We're actually now seeing the uh, workers in these facilities not receiving the protection that they need from COVID-19 and actually falling ill with with the virus. And so, um, you know, there's now 10 cases um, from workers at Three Mile Canyon. There was an outbreak at the Columbia River Processing um, Facility, which is um, there in that county as well. Um, that processes the milk from Three Mile Canyon. There was um, 20 or so workers that uh, tested positive for COVID as well. So, you know, there's a really big risk to the communities both around these facilities um, and those that have to work in these facilities because maybe they might be one of the few jobs in the area or, um, you know, that's what's available to them. And so there's a pretty significant risk from these facilities and it's showing up in, um, in Oregon and in our predominantly Latino communities in Eastern Oregon. This is something really interesting and important that to make notice that the most affected community by these mega farms are usually people of color, Latinos, Native Americans, black communities, that work and live close to these areas. It's not a surprise to hear about uh, those 10 cases at this mega dairy because this is one of the things that happen also locally in the gorge with the, with these packing houses where a lot of Latinos work, where in order to speed up the production and have more, they are kind of not following the right protections for the workers and exposing these workers to be uh, infected by the COVID-19. For that reason, they're bringing that to their homes and creating a real crisis in our communities. Unfortunately, most of the packing houses are getting the higher numbers of people infected by uh, COVID-19. Another example we have is uh, Yakima. In Yakima, there has been a lot of Latinos affected and and Native Americans affected by the COVID-19. And working in this type of conditions increase the risk of people, Latinos, to get exposed to these dangerous viruses. But it's not just the COVID-19. We are talking about that people are breeding all the fumes that came out from the cows, manure, right? There is, uh, what is it, methane and other chemicals that there are put out to the air? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Ubaldo. There there is, you know, we're seeing a, we're seeing increases in the number of cases in COVID-19 in these communities that are around these facilities. And that's no surprise, like you said, to um, based on the issues um, in just the, you know, 
processing plants and not having protective equipment and all that kind of stuff. But you bring up a really good point. And I'm not a, I'm not a health expert here. I'm a community organizer, but um, we do have a health expert on um, our team. Um, so uh, there is, there's this predisposition to poor health from working in these facilities. Um, the gases that are released from the manure, methane, hydrogen sulfide, ammonia, um, these are all toxic fumes. Um, they also all contribute to greenhouse gases. So that's another climate change issue. There's an environmental issue happening here. And um, they're toxic. They, they create poor air quality and air pollution. Um, again, there's, there's studies, numerous studies um, done all over the country about how living next to these facilities or working in these facilities actually predispose you to respiratory illnesses, infections from the bacteria that are present in these facilities and in the manure and the feces. Um, and so they lead to poor, poor health outcomes, just chronically, asthma, increased rates of asthma, um, respiratory problems, COPD. Um, you know, and so we're living through a respiratory pandemic right now. And if you have a community that's already predisposed to respiratory illness because of where they live, and then to have them be faced with a respiratory virus that targets, you know, their respiratory system, then you're kind of have a perfect storm. And that's what we're seeing here in Oregon right now in, in our rural communities is they have some of the highest number of cases of COVID-19 is in these rural communities that have these types of facilities, you know, and, and if we're talking from an environmental level, this is all connects to the environmental pollution, right? This all goes into the air, into the water, um, causes us to have poor health. Uh, in the gorge, you know, they might not, the Columbia River Gorge and Hood River, for instance, they're not right next to these facilities, but they are downwind of these facilities. So they're still getting the air pollution that travels out from these facilities in Hermiston and Boardman, and um, it's lowering their air quality. It's creating haze in the in the gorge um, that's uh, that's causing um, damage to sort of the scenic area and the environment in the gorge. It's causing um, you know worse air pollution. So everyone's downwind of these facilities at some point. It, it travels. It doesn't just stay in one place. So it really is affecting not only the immediate surrounding community in a very acute way through the chronic illness and the environmental pollution, but it's also affecting Oregon on a larger scale. So, and this is one of the things that's uh, why we want to pass this information to our community and just to make sure that we do understand the risk of these mega dairies represent to our communities. And it, it's not just for the people that live close by, but like you said, all these fumes, all this uh, air pollution that they produce, it gets uh, uh, drift away from the area to the areas close by. And not just only close by, but we are talking about this pollution can travel miles and miles and affect other communities. Our communities need to be aware of that, that it's not just the uh, environmental impact that these mega dairies create at the place where they are built, they are their their uh, environmental impact that they create. It affects farther away from where they are located, and we are talking about air pollution, water pollution, which a lot of these um, 
manure liquids that they filter to to the ground and they contaminate the water plumes under the ground. They filter to the rivers, creeks, and they are uh, exposing people that they use those uh, places for to drink water. So this is one of the things. The other thing is did they create really adverse environment for people that works in these uh, places because like as you mentioned before with these fumes uh, that manure creates all these uh, gases ammonia hydrogen sulfide is a big chemical um you know yeah these these chemicals are are really dangerous to breathe in at such high levels and that's that's the problem right it's 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 that there's so many animals in one space, 70,000 cows. And, and at this point where there's actually the potential for another 30,000 cows to go in just a few miles down the road at the old Lost Valley farm mega dairy that was shut down due to environmental violations last year. Um, now there is this new mega dairy Easter Day farms that's being proposed at the same site that would have another 30,000 cows. And, and that's just too many cows in one place. You know, there's so much manure that they produce and it, and it creates all these fumes, which is really toxic for the workers. And all that resources that they, these mega dairies take in order to produce uh, milk, right? I mean, they take away water, uh, land, and also yeah. jobs. Because of the small farmers, they have to close their their doors because they can't compete with these mega dairies. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty significant. So, um, you know, there's a couple of, the resources are really intensive. So um, not only do these facilities put out a lot of pollution, but they have to get their water from somewhere. And it's not just water to for the cows to drink, which cows drink a lot of water. They're one of the most um, water intensive herds uh, that we have, that we grow for food. But it's also all the water used to produce the grain to feed the cows while they're in the facilities because they're not on pasture. So they can't just eat grass. They have to be fed. Food has to be brought to them because they're in, enclosed in these facilities. So it's all the water needed to grow the grain. And then it's all the water needed to flush the manure into the lagoon pits, um, which even if the lagoon pits are working totally properly and perfectly, according to new technology, they're going to leak. They're, you know, these are giant pits of manure in the ground. They're going to get into the groundwater. And so you have all the water that's needed for that. And then you have the water that um, is needed to actually like process the milk. Once you have the milk, you then need to process it and um, heat it and cool it and pasteurize it. And so that's a lot of water too. So that's just water. That's the intensive use of water. And we actually have a great live stream, the Stand Up to Factory Farms Coalition on our Facebook page, um, No uh, no Mega Dairies, um, at No Mega Dairies, that uh, talks with a water use expert um, about this issue, about how much water is used. But beyond water, like you mentioned, Ubaldo, there is a land issue. Um, I mean, these facilities are very large because they have to have land to spread the manure, onto, um, and that's how they do it, that's how they get rid of the manure, is they essentially spray it and use it as quote unquote fertilizer, when in reality it's so nutrient 
dense, there's too much nitrogen, there's too much phosphorus in it, that the ground can't even process, the plants can't even process the amount of um, nitrogen and phosphorus and other chemicals in the manure that, and they're putting too much of it on the same place, that it just washes away with the rains. And so you need lots of land to spread the manure because there's only so much manure you can put in one field before it gets overrun. And there's so much water that's need to be used. And um, you're right, there's a job issue here too. Yes, uh, you know, these facilities might, might create a few jobs in the community, but they don't create the number that they say they create. And at the same time, small farmers all over Oregon are going out of business because they can't compete with the large factories. And those large factories are, um, are really pushing the small farmers out. They're, the small farmers can't produce enough milk to get enough um, money for their, a good enough price for their milk to be able to compete with the large, um, larger facilities. And um, at one point, 40 years ago, Oregon had over 4,000 small and mid-sized farmers. Now we're just above 200. Um, we only have a little over 200 small and mid-sized farmers. We were at 4,000, and that's a huge number. At one point, we were losing an average of nine small dairy farmers a month um, due to the influx of these mega dairy facilities. So, you know, we're really talking about rural um, economies and, and the impact to rural economies from the loss of these small farmers um, that once employed multiple people in their communities, um, contributed to a regional food system, and um, didn't pollute the environment in the ways that mega dairies do. So, and that's why it's really important for us to participate and join forces to prevent from these mega dairies to be built, and and from the government uh, to give permits to create these places. So, what's the community has to do? What's going on right now? on which uh, members of the community can participate in order to stop this uh, next mega dairy that they want to get permits from? Yeah, that's a great question, because um, that's really what it takes. It's clear that um, in Salem, uh, there is, hasn't been a lot of attention paid to this issue and the impact on rural communities and how mega dairies are impacting Oregon. And so we really need to hold our elected leaders accountable to the harm that's being caused in our communities and to our small farmers and to, you know, our communities of color um, and to the environment. So as you mentioned, and as I mentioned earlier, there is a new mega dairy being proposed on the site of Lost Valley Farms. Um, 30,000 new cows being proposed just a few miles away from Three Mile Canyon in Boardman, Oregon, and in, in Morrow County. And um, that permit from the government, from the Oregon Department of Agriculture, has not been released yet, um, but we are expecting it in the next few months. And in the meantime, we really need to, um, we really need to show the governor specifically, Governor Kate Brown, that we need her to take action to protect our rural communities from this threat. Um, you know, there's not a whole lot agencies can do when it comes to mega dairies and CAFOs. They have kind of a system in place. It's not, in my opinion, very robust in protecting the communities. So really, 
you know, we really need the governor to step up and use her leadership um, to enact an immediate mega dairy moratorium in Oregon. A moratorium would mean a ban on new and expanding mega dairies over 2,500 cows until meaningful regulation could be put in place to protect our small farmers, animals, and our air, water, wildlife, and climate and our in our rural communities. So we really need her to enact a moratorium, which she can do as governor, um, to stop these new facilities like Easter Day Farms from being built. And um, we need her to, to know that rural Oregon doesn't want or need these facilities. They're already experiencing the impacts from these facilities in a really acute way on their health, on their well-being, on their air, on their water, and they don't want any more. Um, so we actually are working to gather the voices of um, rural Oregonians and rural members, um, members of rural communities in Eastern Oregon that are being impacted and asking them to um, sign a petition with Columbia Riverkeeper um, to tell Governor Brown that they want a mega dairy moratorium. And hopefully with enough voices and with enough pressure, we can get her to enact a moratorium and ask her to protect rural communities. Cause that's really what we're asking here. We're asking her to stop the harm to rural communities by enacting a mega dairy moratorium. There is an action to take from our communities, um, from all our listeners. There is an action that you can take in order to protect your rural communities and protect the communities that they might be affected by this mega dairy. Uh, or if it gets a permit to put another 30,000 cows on this area, one of the things that we can do is to sign this petition, which is coming out in the next few days. That way we're going to ensure that our communities are going to be safe. We are going to have a clean environment and protect all the life that is created around our communities, not just the human life, the wildlife, forest. Everything is going to get protected by an action that we will take in our, when we sign a petition to prevent these mega dairies to be built. Please follow Columbia Riverkeeper and sign the petition that is coming out. We are going to have the petition in Spanish. So you know somebody that might not really understand the uh, English language. So we're going to have this petition in Spanish. So people, Latinos, Latinas, Latinx can feel that signed up this petition and help protect our communities. Yeah, it's really about making your voice heard. Um, we need our state government and our elected officials to hear the voices of rural um, communities in our state. So this is a way to do it and help to help protect our communities from mega dairies. And this is something that we can do from our home, from our uh, telephone. Sometimes, you know, most of the people, they have cell phones and we have data on our cell phones and we can access to uh, the internet and Columbia Riverkeeper website and we can just sign up right straight from our cell phone or at home at computer. So we don't have to really go places to sign up this petition. We can do it from home or wherever we are. So it's really important. One more time, please visit Columbia Riverkeeper. Look for the petition. We have the petition in Spanish. You can go to Conoce tu Columbia 
dot org and you will find a, a petition in that in Spanish in that site in Spanish. So we encourage totally want you to sign this petition and help us protect our communities. Well, I think the time is up for us on this interview. I want to thank Emma Newton for um, being with us. Thank you so much, Ubaldo. Muchas gracias. And uh, keep listening. Conoce tu Colombia. This is a program produced by Columbia River Keeper. Remember, we are here every other Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Thank you very much. Bye. You can always close your eyes, but you can't close your ears. Hola, los invito a escuchar Conoce tu Colombia, un programa producido por Columbia River Keeper que se transmite cada otro martes de 7 a 8 de la noche. Entérese de lo que pasa en las comunidades que vivimos a lo largo del río Colombia. Compartimos información sobre la importancia de proteger nuestros recursos naturales. Además, tocamos temas de justicia social y culturales que son relevantes para nuestras comunidades. Recuerde, escuche Conoce tu Colombia en Radio Tierra, el latido del gorcho, tu radio comunitaria. Qué difícil cantarle a tierra madre que nos aguanta y nos vio Usted está escuchando Radio Tierra en el 95.1 FM Hood River, 95.9 FM Stevenson, 107.1 FM Parkdale, 107.7 FM Didells, Casas, El Latido del Gorge, su radio comunitaria.